All right, all right, all right. How's everyone doing? My name is Brock, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to Back to Your Story, a podcast about real people and real stories. This is story number 21. I add on a very special guest, and her name is Coral Castillo. She's a fashion designer from Mexico City who has one awesome story. You know, I really wish I had more time to dive deeper into it, but the bits and pieces that I did get really blew my mind away. I'm really excited to be able to share her story on the podcast. And I hope that everyone's staying safe, practicing social distancing. And just remember to be calm. We're all in this together. Stay strong. This is the story of Coral Castillo. From the land of mystery, where dreams become reality. Always listening to stories from the past, the present, and the future. This is back to your story. Okay. Holy shit. How are we doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing really good. I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank uh, you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, for the for the people listening, can you uh, introduce yourself? Um, so, hello. Uh, my name is Coral Castillo, and I'm a fashion designer. Nice, nice. And uh, where, where are you from? Um, I'm from Mexico. I, I was born in Mexico City, but I grew up in Tijuana. And I'm um, a U.S. citizen, so I'm Mexican-American. There we go. I like that. Um, and when did you actually, when did you move to the States? 2001. 2001. Um, growing up in Mexico uh, as, a, as a younger child to now being an adult, um, when you look back at it was, it, was it hard? What was it like for, for, the, for the years that you actually lived in Tijuana? Uh, it was completely different. Um, I don't think you can understand how it is to live in Mexico if you don't live there, if you are actually there. It was totally different. Um, I live in a poor, um, in a poor area uh, at the beginning when growing up because my mom didn't have a lot of money. And then uh, we moved to a better area of the city. But when we were at the beginning, when my mom was struggling, she she is she was a dressmaker. So um, she was making dresses and to maintain my brother, sister, and I. Okay. So I have three brothers and one sister. So it was very difficult. For sure. Yeah, and um, I remember sometimes uh, we didn't even have. Uh, food to eat. My mom uh, had to decide between paying rent or buying food. So sometimes we, did, we didn't even have anything. Oh, so, wow. it was, so it was hard. And I remember going to bed and listening to the sound of the sewing machine and waking up with the sound of the sewing machine. Oh my gosh, just nonstop. Yeah. She, she just did not stop. I can't even imagine that as a, as a mother you know, having kids and, you know, going through that. And I, I don't think a lot of Americans can even realize or comprehend what it's like. And we're, we're so close. We're, we're fucking neighbors, right? Yeah. When you're driving, cause uh, my wife and I, we went to Mexico for 4th of July and I remember driving back in um, from Mexico to San Diego, right? Tijuana to San Diego. And you can like see this shift of just the, the scenery and the view going from like really poor and the slums and then just a little bit nicer, a little bit nicer. And then as soon as you get right into, you know, the, 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 the past the border, right? A couple miles, it's just completely different. And it's always blown my mind that how can we be so close but so far away? And, you know, for you growing up in that environment, um, that definitely those types of things become who you are as an adult, right? I mean, you, the sound of the sewing machine constantly going and then years later, I mean, you're a fashion designer now. Um, your relationship with your mom, what was that like back then? Um, it was hard. Um, 
I don't know. I my mom. I remember I wanted to learn how to sew. I remember loving just seeing her cutting the fabric and then transform it into a beautiful dress. And I remember um, she taught me how to hand stitch, and I would use the some crops of fabrics, leftovers to make uh, dresses for my dolls when I was twelve years old. I wanted to learn how to use the sewing machine. Yeah. And, but my mom didn't want it to teach me, and I, I didn't understand. She would tell me, no, you, the, don't, don't grab my sewing machine. Just concentrate, con- uh, concentrate on school, read your books, do all of this. But no, not the sewing machine. So every time she went out for to buy groceries or do errands, I would run and go into sew- her sewing machine and I start sewing and wow. try to figure it out. I broke her sewing machine. I remember oh. the first time I was so worried. And when she found out, she screamed at me and yelled. And yeah. she was so, so upset because I broke up the tool that she uses to yeah. make money for us. And that moment, in that moment, I didn't understood exactly what it meant. But she was really, really mad at me, uh, really mad. And then I figured it out how to use the sewing machine. I broke many needles and yeah. then I figured out how to fix it so she wouldn't find out that I used it. So I keep I kept <laughs> using the sewing machine. And I remember making myself a top and wow. went to one of uh, a middle school party and yeah. everyone was complimenting that top that I made. Oh my god. So I always love it. Yeah, for sure. Making a making clothes. Yeah, definitely. That's uh that's 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 crazy to think though that you you at that time, when you broke your mom's sewing machine, it was completely by accident, right? I mean, obviously, yeah, you said, don't I, touch it, don't touch it. But as kids, right, when parents say, don't touch it, don't touch it, well, that means, uh, well, yeah, I'm going to touch it, right? Because yeah. we're just kids. We, we're not even thinking. Um, now, looking back as an adult, you're like, oh, shit, that was what made us money. That's what put food on the table, paid for rent, all of those things. And now I will be that sad if someone breaks my sewing machine. Of like, course. I understand her even more. Yeah, definitely. Do you think it was your mom saying, don't do this, don't do this, is what uh, subconsciously kind of brought you into the, the world of fashion and selling and all that? Yes. I think my love for fashion and what I do, it becomes through my mom to see, even though it was really hard for her and, for, and she doesn't, she didn't see it as a something beautiful or creative yeah. Or glamorous as we know it, for her was her job. It was something that she had to do, and she complained of back pain. Yeah. So it was hard. It was yeah. the other side. And um, later on, when I graduated from college, uh, she attended one of the fashion shows, the first fashion show I did for graduation from yeah. the Art Institute in San Francisco at the Design Center. Um, I won. That yeah. and she saw my my designs through the runway, and she realized that for me it was something different. Yeah, for sure. I mean, absolutely. I mean, your your mom had to do it to put food on the table, but for you, even when you talk about it, I see your eyes light up. I see I see your your lips like kind of like move back and forth because of this passion and and kind of this attachment to your mom at the same time. And it's been able to, you know, get you to where you're at today. Um, before, how old were you when you moved to the States? I was um, 18 years old. Okay. You you were 18 years old. Um, what was it? Was it college? Was it to get away? Um, so... In that time, I married an American, and uh, there was a weird circumstances because uh, she had to move to Spain because her husband had some properties there. Okay. So, and they wanted to sell, and so my mom left, and she left me with my brother. So she took my little sister and brother with her. Okay. And my brother and I were in high school, so we stay. She, we kept the apartment. She was paying for it, but uh, we were supposed to go to school and come back. Imagine that, eight, uh, seventeen year old, but by themselves yeah. in a apartment, going high school, <laughs> like. Tijuana, you can go and go drink and go party at yeah. 18. You can get a fake ID. I was like, ooh, I'm free. It's like <laughs> my mom was so strict. She will never get me out. And suddenly I have all this freedom. freedom. 
And then it's like, oh, my mom is getting married. I don't want to go live to another country and live with my friends and then go with this, live with this person that I don't know. Yeah. So I got married to, to my best friend. So nice. I thought that that way I could stay with my friends and I didn't have to go and live with this person. And from that, I, I, I was pregnant and I had a baby. But before that... Yeah. We all moved to the U.S., and my son was born here, and so that's why we are here. And when I was a, a, a 17-year-old, I didn't understand that, like, I didn't want to come to this country. I didn't know uh-huh. about the opportunities you have here, that so many people want to come, and, and they're fighting, or they just want to work and have some income so they can help their people in Mexico. Yes. Like, it's, it's really hard. And I had that opportunity, but I didn't want it because it was different. I was a teenager. I didn't know anything. And all I knew was my friends in yes. Tijuana. Absolutely. And, you know, when you're a teenager, you just want your group of friends. Of course. Um, so that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how everything becomes. So I was forced to move here. And um, my... Um, my uh, my son's dad, I lived with him for four years. We live in San Isidro, okay. which is at the border. And then uh, we separated after four years. That happens. That happens. I, I want I, 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 I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but I, yeah. I, I want to um, just ask you a question because you brought, you brought up something, right? Um, you talked about the opportunity that we have here in America compared to Mexico, right? Yeah. Can you, for people listening, I mean, especially you born in Mexico, now you live in America, you saw both sides, right? In the beginning, you didn't want it. And now obviously you're here. What is that opportunity that people talk about? Because as Americans, we don't realize that we, we, this is just what we have, right? But from people from the outside, it looks completely different. Can you explain that? Okay. Here, um, here it is. Um, Someone like me that was born and grew up in a very poor place in Mexico. I'm here in the U.S. I was able to to go to college. I applied for student loans, and it was easy for me because um, I'm now a citizen. And I was in that time I was actually a resident, but I had the opportunity to apply for a college that not even in my best dreams I could think I could afford in Mexico. In Mexico, if you don't have money and you want to go to school, I'm sorry, but you're there. You can, you cannot do anything. No one is going to help you. You don't have uh, um, student loans or, or uh, scholarships. Like it's really, really hard for someone who doesn't have the money, money. to go study. And another thing, in Tijuana, there is no fashion school. There is nothing that maybe there is something that will teach you how to use the industrial machine or to, to, to see, to work in a factory, but not the creative part. Mm-hmm. It's just more labor than the creative. And I don't want to be doing labor. No. I wanted to create what is in my head and, and design. Um, so here I had the opportunity to go to a fashion school to I've been able to work with some amazing photographers, with agency models, with and if you see my work, like all of these things and winning fashion shows and winning awards like the Mafia yeah. work in Los Angeles, doing LA Fashion Week, like in Mexico, that would have never happened. It happened because I'm here in America. And even though I don't have money, I didn't have it. Now I'm more stable. But even someone like me who doesn't have anything, if you have the talent and you look for it here in the U.S., um, the doors just start opening, opening and opening. Wow. Sorry, it makes I'm, me emotional. No, I've got fucking chills right now. I... I <laughs> As Americans, we don't realize that. We don't realize that. And kudos to you, right? Kudos to you for having this dream and this vision um, and, 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 and the tenacity to push and not give up. That is fucking key. But sharing that story right there, it, it 
means a lot because we don't realize what we have here in the States. We Everything from student loans to, to just different opportunities that we are given, that we were, are allowed here in the USA. It's not like that in the rest of the world. So many people take things for granted and you know, for you coming on here, just even talking about that and speaking about that, it, it says volumes. Um, and I, I really hope that, you know, the people listening understand that. I mean, I didn't even fully understand it until you just even explained it through your story, through your words. And that goes for many different avenues in life. It's not just fashion, right? It can be fucking tech. It can be fashion. It can be business. Well, whatever it is, there is the opportunity here in the USA if you want it. Um, when you first moved here, right. And, and, and did you know, after, you know, after you had the kid, were you going to school or what was it? Cause I'm dialing it back. I'm going to bring it back to what we were okay. talking about before I took us off. Okay. When I divorced, I didn't know how to drive. I didn't know speak English. Oh, so it was 2005. I didn't know anything. Wow. I was I was lucky that my mom uh, moved close to where I was living, and when we separated, she taught me how to drive. I started uh, doing um, I I started taking English courses, um, so that helped me a lot. But at the beginning, it was I I don't know Sorry. I was <laughs> so Sorry about that. There I was completely dependent. Yes, I didn't, I couldn't do anything. So it was hard. But um, if you really want to do something, you're going to find a way to do things. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your mom was the one that showed you how, taught you how to drive? Yes. You didn't know how to speak English at all either. Nothing. And my mom was still a little, she has like a very, very thick accent, but she just speaks. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, your relationship with, with your mom uh, from, from this point, even, you know, up to 2005, what we're talking about, um, it sounds like you guys had a good relationship or am I, is it like, <sighs> explain that to me. Oh, well, after my divorce or my separation, um, I lived with my mom with three months and three months I found a job. I learned English enough to, to maintain my job. And then my mom gave me a car so I can drive to work. So wow. she helped me. She helped me a lot. And also she was like helping me with my, my, my son to take care of him. But I cannot live with my mom. Of course. No, I can't I live with my mom. I get it. I love her so much. I get it. After two months, so it was like about five months, yeah. I move out. I found an apartment. <laughs> I was able to pay the rent. So I move out with my son. She still was able, or I, she still helped me in that transition. Uh, so when I was, uh, when I um, uh, moved out of my mom's house, I started looking into fashion schools because I, I always wanted to do that. And then I found out at the Art Institute in San Francisco that actually closed down. But, oh, but even, yeah, like, I don't know if, if I don't know what's going on, but the Art Institute, like most of schools are closing down because they're saying like it, it was a scam. They got a lawsuit, whatever. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to, we'll get to that if we want to talk about that. But, um, uh, you, uh, kind of taking a little step back though, real quick is, uh, you were saying about your mom and you can't live with her. And, and I, I get that. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, especially a lot of growing adults uh, living with their parents. There comes a point in your life where it's like, okay, enough's enough. You, you have to break away. But um, your mom still gave you the opportunity, gave you the car, helped you with English, yes. which is fucking key because those are key things that have helped you along the way. Yes. When you moved out of your mom's place, did you instantly go up to San Francisco to go to the school or what happened? So I moved, I was living in Modesto and I was working as a human resources clerk okay. and I was working, um, so, uh, to go to San Francisco, I will, I asked my company to let me two days over of the week so I can go to San Francisco and I will work the weekends. So my two days, so from Modesto, it was driving one hour to Dublin Pleasanton, where is the BART okay. station, and then take BART, and then uh, go take BART for another hour to get to Civic Center, where was the school. 
over two, three hours? Two hours back and forward. Oh my God. Just to go to college. How many days a week? Two or two? Two days. Well, two hours each way. That's eight hours every single week. Yeah. So, and then the rest of the days I was working. So, I, and I was, you have a kid. And I, and I had a kid. So, it was like his chauffeur. That was tough <laughs> because I couldn't spend so much, so much time with him. And I was yeah. just driving around. And, and all the time he was sleeping when I see him because it was really late at night. And then I had to do homework. And it was really hard. I don't know how I did it, but I did it. But you did it. You did it. Anyone going to school right now, um, listening to this, that that has a kid that has to do those long drives and just all the shit. It, it's hard, but um, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, there, there. If you put the hard work in, if you fucking stick with it, there is that light at the end of the tunnel. But going through it, it's so hard to see. Yes. And looking back now, you're like, how the fuck did I even do that? It's <laughs> crazy to me. You've been telling me. Like, I thought my school experience was crazy. It's not even close to what you had to go through. And how long were you doing that for? I did it for three years. Oh shit. Because I was taking, uh, I don't remember how many units, but usually they take, I think, five classes, five different classes, and I was taking three or four. So it took me three years to get my associate's degree. Oh, my gosh. that's. uh, But you stuck with it. Yeah. What was it? What was it that you didn't give up? I, I really wanted to study fashion design. And I, I, to tell you it's true, I loved my instructors. Okay. I love learning. And even because before I didn't know anything about the computers, I loved using Photoshop, Illustrator, yes. make the drawings in the computer. And the, actually, I worked for a fashion company in LA doing uh, cuts, which is fashion illustration all day long. And I love it. And that would have not be possible if I would have not attend college. Wow, that's incredible. And and how long, when you first started school, um, at what point were you like, uh, this, this, like, did it feel right from the beginning or did it take some time where it was like, I, I got this, like, it, this is, I'm in my ballpark, I'm in my element. Because when we go to school, we're not sure, yeah. right? But it takes time. Was it instant for you or did it take some time? It took some time, um, especially because of my son. I, it's like I'm giving up s- spending time with him, and, and that was very important to me. And I think that was the hardest, Yeah. not spending time with him in those years. And um, sometimes he, t- he will tell me that he had nightmares, like he will dream that that these monkeys will come and attack him and, and then he was looking for me and he couldn't find me. And I think it was that, that he couldn't see me because I was all the time yeah. working or going to college and then doing homework. Yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. So that was hard. But it was, it was for the best for him. It was yes. for the best for you to be able to build a future and to create something uh, for your life. It's so important that we do these things. Um, Going through those two hour drives back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, that had to be tiresome. I mean, I would drive an hour each way to Burbank um, or wherever the hell I was when I was assisting for hair and I would be so tired. What was that like for you? That had to be crazy. It was horrible. I remember driving back and I would just be crying since the beginning. I cried in my car until yeah. I got home. I was crying all along. And I would call my mom. And sometimes uh, it was because I couldn't find a babysitter because he had a babysitter. I was like, my babysitter can't make it. Could you please? And my and my mom lived 30 minutes away from me south. So it, she was even farther from college as it would add me an hour more just to go back and forward to leave him with my mom oh my God. so um i will call her crying she will always help me but she's like if you're gonna gonna be like that you need to drop something you cannot do everything yeah. obviously it was a school because i couldn't drop uh work because i needed the money to yeah. feed my son and and pay rent so it's like no i can't i can't i can't and 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 the thing is, I'm not doing it just for me. Yeah. I wanted to show also my son that if he perseveres and he works for something, he will get it. He will get um, a better life or, 
or just working what you really like. I love that. I absolutely love that. I think that's uh, it's so important to be able to lead by example, right? That's exactly what you're saying is leading by example. And when you bring this beautiful human being into the world, you want to be able to give it everything possible. And it's always the most important thing that when we do things, when we say things, that we follow through on it because these little kids, they see it. Yeah. We're like a fucking sponge. And we've all been there because we were younger at one point, right? All of us were, our brains are like sponge. We're, we're, we're soaking everything in. And so that, that motivation, that drive that didn't stop you um, is going to reflect in the years to come as your son gets older. Um, and, and going through those, that, that just that, that back and forth, that had to be freaking crazy. I mean, what? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it really was. I'm so lucky that I never crashed. I remember sometimes I will fall asleep in the car and I will find myself in the next line, oh. lane. I was like, oh my gosh, what did just happen? Yeah. And, or sometimes I will drive in and it's like, how did I get here? It was so fast. It, like, I don't know. Yeah. My mom was so tired that would get blanks i don't know i know it's, i get it 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 was crazy did, but did anything ever happen during that experience uh thanks, that time period thanks god no no accidents and i didn't know okay good. everything was that's, good that's yes. important i think it's really uh um well uh, actually <laughs> well you're like well, <laughs> well wait a minute yes um i just remember <laughs> This 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 happened actually going to work. Okay. I was driving to work, and I was tired. And um, my mom had an old Jeep car, a uh, car, and it was uh, it was raining. And um, suddenly the brakes didn't work. The brake were not work, was working, and I was driving, and my car started like jumping. And I didn't know what to do, so um, I don't know if you know, but the, the 99 freeway and Modesto and yeah, the other yeah, Central yeah, Valley, they don't have nothing. It's just you can see the opposite side of the freeway, and there's nothing that there's is no stop you. You, you, you yep. can just go through. I always think that's crazy. And so I, my car didn't stop, so I wanted to get out in the middle. There was just dirt and just stopped my car, but I couldn't. So my car <sighs> kept going past the, the opposite side of the freeway, and there, there was like a hole, um, and I fall. Oh, my car shit. did like three flips, <sighs> and it was upside down. I felt like it was inside of a, of a blender. Like you see how you see everything in low motion. My my lunch food, everything was just flowing around, and it was crazy. I, I and and then um, I was worried because I was gonna go late to work because I need to pay my rent. Uh, I didn't care. Like like I called my mom, um, so I couldn't go out because the door was super heavy. I remember I was standing on the uh, my my feet were touching the door of the the window door of the passenger seat, so the other do- the opposite door was uh, on my top, and I was trying to open it. It felt so so heavy. It's like how I'm gonna get out of here? And uh, cars from the freeway stop, and and there was this guy, and he opened the door for me. And he helped me out, and then uh, he put, like, something in my hand. And then he left, and it was like, um, uh, like, um, oh, my gosh, how do you call, like, the, um, like the little thing from a necklace? It's like a geode, a tassel, a rock? No, no, like a circle, like a pendant. Oh, pendant, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and it has the Virgin. Um, the Virgin Mary. Yes, and uh, but he left, and I felt like he was like an angel because he just he just left. He, just left. he could, took me out. He made sure it was fine. He gave me that pendant, and he left. And I thought like he was an angel. Later on, uh, the ambulance came, and they and they asked me, "Are you okay?" Yes, yes, I'm okay. I'm just gonna call my mom so she can take me to work. 
And I remember the guys from the ambulance told me, you should be in the news. You look at her. I look at you. You don't, you don't seem that you were in that car because oh. I had no squashes. I was just nervous because I was going to be late to work. And, my, and oh. if you, I see photos of the car now and it's like, I, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was in that car and nothing happened to me. You, you, I, I don't even know what to say right now. Wait a minute. You, you flipped your car three times. Yes. Someone got you out of the car. Yes. Handed you a Virgin Mary pendant. Yes. It left, which that doesn't even make sense to me why they left. And, and you, you, you were fine. You were completely fine. I was completely, the car was destroyed. No, <laughs> no one could use that car anymore. How, how, how is that even possible? That doesn't make sense. I don't know. I'm just so flabbergasted right now. Um, first off, that person that came to you that put the pennant in your hand, how long, do you even remember how long he was with you for? Just It was really quick. That He was wearing a gray suit. I remember that. Like he just left. That's that's crazy to you, right? Yeah, it's super crazy. That's and I thought maybe he really was an angel. <laughs> I mean, because normally when people pull over to help people out, they stay there, yes. they help them out. Yes. They don't just hand them something and then and then leave. Mm-hmm. And then you're completely okay. Yeah. That is fucking crazy. And, and this was all during that time of going to school, going to work, going to school, going to yes. all, all, all of that stuff. Yeah. And you walked away with with nothing. When you look back at that moment in your life, um, does it make you happy? Does it make you scared? Does it make you sad? Um, actually, I never thought of that, how it makes me feel now. But um, I don't know. I think someone is taking care of me because um, even though, you know, when uh, I feel like suddenly you have this moment, like when I was my divorce and not knowing how to drive and and not knowing anything, you feel like, what did you, you ask yourself, what did you do to, for these th- bad things happen to you? Like, you don't understand why yeah. all these bad things are happening to you. But I think now that is a way to make you stronger. You don't see it in that moment, but all the struggle, all the bad things, if you keep being good, honest, respectful, and good to people, you receive everything back. Yeah. And and it's just, I don't know, it just, uh, it's just a lesson of life. It's just a learning it is. process. It is. It is. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Whenever we're faced with, whenever we're faced with uh, death, especially, because um, you could have easily died at that moment, like, just like that. Most, most people do. Um, uh, and I don't say most people do lightly because I just lost a friend a few weeks ago. Oh, Same shit. It's life. Um, and that's not to put anything away from his story, but this is your story right now. Um, it is a lesson and it, and it does make us stronger when we're faced with these really fucking hard tests that whoever is pushing at us, you can call it God, you can call it Allah, you can call it your father. It doesn't matter whoever, whatever you call it, right? Um, someone putting these tests in front of you, it, they're, they're tests and they're lessons. And if you can grow from them and look back at them and, and see them for what they truly are, they make you a better person and they make the people around you better. Uh, you you said something really important is like if you, if you're a good person you push forward and and you do all of these things um those things are so fucking important in your life the energy that we put out is in my opinion the key to one's success in this shell and this being and this life that we have um after that car accident, because I'm going to bring it back again. After that car accident, how long did it take you to feel comfortable to get into a car? Oh, my gosh. It was really, really hard. I will hear any noise in my my heart. I can feel my heart wanting to go out of my heart. It was really hard, but it's like, no, I need to focus. 
what I did, I would put music really, really, really loud yeah. so I can drive. Yeah. And with the music really loud, it will make me be okay in the car. Yeah. So that was my therapy to be in the car. But I forced myself at the beginning. I was super scared. Yeah, that's uh, that's PTSD, right? Post-traumatic mm. stress disorder, which is it, mm -hmm. you don't have to go to war. You can flip your car three times and go through that. Yeah. Um, my mom was in a terrible fucking car accident. Same thing. It took her a long time. My wife, terrible car accident. Even to this day, and she was a young kid. It, it these things that happen to us, um, they don't just go away. We have mm -hmm. to work through it. And if we don't work through it. It's going to stay with us for a very long time. And for you, your therapy was to turn that fucking music up really loud and just do it. Mm -hmm. But you know what that says to me? It's like everything you've done in your life, your perseverance, you're just fucking let's just do it. Let's move forward. Let's get it done type of attitude, which is so important um, to, to your story. Uh, after, after all of that, um, how much longer did you have for school? Um, so I graduated in 2012. Okay. Yes. And then I moved, uh, to Orange County. And when I was in Orange County, um, uh, I received, um, I didn't want to stay in San Francisco or in that, or well, Modesto in San Francisco was too expensive, but there's not so many fashion houses or fashion and there's not so much uh, fashion industry sure. and my plan was to get a job so my my brother lived in Orange County so I moved with him and then I started looking for a job in LA and everyone will say no if you want to be a fashion designer you need a bachelor's degree it's like okay that's so weird and I'm gonna roll again to school so I really yes so I went to the art institute in Orange County to no get my bachelor's way. degree it's like no I don't want to be the person below I want to be the no designer. way oh my gosh <laughs> that's crazy okay yeah so I enroll in two years more I got my bachelor's degree and then uh, I started looking for a job and my first job was uh an, as, an assistant designer for a fashion company. Um, so at the beginning, they did this, they gave me this project for six months. I mm -hmm. have to design a line of tops. And if the line of tops went well, then I could stay longer. Wow. So I did the line of tops and it was their, their best sellers. And so they hired a, a designer and they put my title as an associate designer, which is more than being a, as an assistant designer. Yeah, sure. So I become an associate designer for this new line. And the designer, um, she didn't speak English. She was completely um, just English. And she was really loud speaking. And she would say, she would curse all the time yeah. to the sewers. Oh, wow. And the sewers, no English, just yeah. Spanish-speaking people. They will come crying to me, <laughs> and they will tell me everything. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you shouldn't be talking to, to them like that. No. They're just all stressed out because uh, she was experimenting. If you're a fashion designer, most of people who has work, and even if you sew, you know that you cannot... That is hard. It's possible, but it's hard to mix wovens and knits. Okay. Usually, if you sew, you sew only wovens, or you sew only knits. You can mix them, but you have to check the shrinks. Like there's many things that you have to check before putting them together. And she was experimenting, and the sewers were like, "Could you explain her? These two fabrics cannot work." And she want them to sew them together, and I can. And I'm telling her that. This cannot be done. And she's yelling at me, and I don't know what she said. And she was just yelling and cursing and telling them that they're doing wrong. And one time I talked to her, and I told her, you should not be talking to them yeah. like that. You're just making them stress. And if they're yep. stressed, they're not going to work well for you. Agreed. You need them to have them okay. So one time there was this confusion with one of the sewers, and she brought up the vice president of the company and she wanted me to talk in favor of her, but I didn't. I was yes. in favor of the, yes. of the designer. So, Good for um, you. 
the president talked to me of the company and he told me, we need to let you go. Um, this designer has been talking really bad about you and we need to let you go. She's, uh, she's a very good friend of mine and I cannot let her go, but I'm going to help you to find another job. So he recommended me to one of her, his sister has another company. So uh, he was nice. He gave me all these resources where I can find a job, but yeah. Just, Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, they let me go. Because, because of, yeah, because I defended you, their source. <laughs> you defended the right of the, the what, wait, but, what? But when you when when oh. you're in the side that you know what's the struggle with yeah. the Spanish speaking and they don't know how to express it to the people and you're trying to express it, they're not gonna listen to you. No. They're no. not. Because no. they're the source, they're the workers. They have to do it no matter what. It's like no, there's a reason why they cannot do it. Of course. Absolutely. But so, yeah. So they, they, <sighs> they let me go. That goes with any, so many things in life though. It's like when, whenever you're a boss, right? If you're a boss and you have people below you, the more that you yell at your people and fucking get mad at them, the less they're going to want to work for exactly. you. The less they're going to do a good job, the less they're going to fucking care. All of these things. And then on top of it, for the person you, you stuck up for them to get fired. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to say this, but fuck that. Like, like screw that. Like, that's not right. And yeah. like, we can cut the name of this business out because it's well, like that. This not didn't work out. <laughs> well, it's, exactly. It, it's, it's like this, it didn't work out. Exactly. After I left it, it went all the way down. Yeah. It doesn't exist anymore. You freaking created the hottest line, right? That's, that's what you did. Um, your the, the the thing that you created the top so was, was best the top seller. bestseller yeah. and then you stick up for the the the, the sewers and then they f- let you go yeah that's just so stupid on their part um <laughs> when you went through that were you mad at yourself were you mad like Should I? no i was like no i can't i can't it's, it's, it's like you seeing my mom being jealous at yes i'm not gonna do no that. no exactly yeah, if I ever, if I have people helping me, I want them to be happy with yes. what they're creating and, and be in an environment that they can tell me what it's wrong and how they think they can make things better. Yeah, I mean, for anyone listening, that's the way it should be done. Obviously, it's important as a boss to, you know, have authority and people to listen to you. You're a commander, yeah. you're leading people, but you have to be empathetic uh, of, of these people that are putting their blood, sweat, and tears in for you. Because if you're not, uh, they're, they're just not going to put the, the the amount of work and effort that you could get if you just cared just a fucking little bit. Empathy and appreciation goes a long way for people. Um, oh, what is that one book? I'm going to fucking drop it, uh, how to win friends and influence people. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things in there is to appreciate your workers, to appreciate the work that they're doing. And if you do not, well, then, you know, obviously the company that you just were talking about is gone now. Um, after that job, what came next? So, um, Did you work for the sister? <laughs> no, I w- so I went to the interview and she told me that they didn't have any positions available, but yeah. she she will have it in mind if anything comes out. But um, I d- so I started doing freelance. I did a couple of music videos where I did the dresses. I didn't like doing freelance because you know you don't get paid right away. You yeah. have to pay. I think there's a two months or thirty days waiver yeah. that you have. They can hold your payment until then because I think they have to get paid before they see the product, the editing, and all of that, and then they get paid. Mm-hmm. So that's when you get paid, and it's like okay, I need to be something more stable for my son. I cannot be just waiting for the money, and. Freelance, you know, you don't know when you're going to have your next job. So uh, I started looking for jobs and then I found these uh, um, jobs that they will tell me I'm overqualified or that I have too much in my portfolio. And I was like, okay, I need to reduce my portfolio. So I figured it out that like at the end I was desperate. It's like, okay, I need to find 
something that gives me stability. I cannot do freelance and I don't want to be homeless and I don't want to be thinking that I'm going to be homeless at any minute. So I figured out that if I apply for a technical designer or if I were uh, apply for pattern maker, like you just have to take what you need for that, not bring your whole portfolio because if not, they're going to tell you you're overqualified and they're not going to give you the job. So I applied for um, CAD artist which is just making fashion illustrations. And I took all my portfolio or my magazines, like all the things that I've been doing for myself and just put all the technical, just the drawings. And they give me the job. Uh, And I liked it. The difference uh, difference between being an an associate designer and... And uh, Carades, Carades, it was just working from nine thirty to from nine a.m. to to five thirty, and you have weekends off and the evenings nice. off. And I can work on my line of clothing. Yes. I'll work on this. And being an associate designer, you have no job. I mean, you're working all the time, weekends too. And because you're producing in China, so you receive emails at two in the morning and sometimes you have to respond right away so you can have your sample back right away for approvals. So I was all the time with this stress. Oh, I need to check my emails in the middle of the night so that I can get the sample early so I can do the yeah. production. The, the faster you, the sooner you do all these things is the better in production. So I was always worried and it was too many hours. So it didn't give me real time to focus on what I really wanted to do, that it was my own clothing line. So doing these fashion illustration, new job, give me the time of having the stability for my son and doing my own line of clothing. I love that. You know, I love that because a lot of people in life are not willing to take a step back. And that's what you did. You saw that, okay, maybe I'm overqualified, which is just is crazy to me because, I mean, if you have these awesome qualifications, why wouldn't a company want to bring you on? And uh, but, but besides that, right, um, you were willing to take a step back when a lot of people, I don't want to say a lot, but there are people out there uh, that aren't willing to take a step back back in life they their their ego gets the best of them um and and for you to be able to do that take the step back look what it gave you right Mm -hmm. it gave you the opportunity to work monday through friday to look at from a different side to then work on your fashion line right um what what was that? Because I don't know. I, I find that crazy that there's a lot of people that just that they just they're too prideful was it mm-hmm. was it your son? Was it that you wanted to work on the line? Was it just something that happened? I wanted to have time to work on my line. Yeah. And um, I think that's, and, and, and I don't mind it. Like I, I love making just drawings and the times goes really quick because I'm just drawing all day in the computer. So I like it. I really, I don't, I don't have complaints. I don't yeah. think it's a step. <laughs> I really don't think it's a step back. I'm now I'm the lead cut artist. So I have a, I had two people working under me. Sadly, because of the situation, we have to let go one. So I have another one. But um, I like it. When I said step back, I didn't mean step back from, I wasn't saying it in a bad way, uh, but, but you, I wasn't saying it in a bad way at all. I was I was actually saying it in a good way because okay. you had this portfolio, you had all of these things and yeah. people kept on saying that you're overqualified, right? Mm-hmm. So if you toned things back just a little bit, mm-hmm. right, then that maybe opened up the door for other things okay. for you, yes. right? And that sometimes people's ego gets the best of them and they want to show everything. They want to be everything. They want to do everything, right? Mm. And sometimes if we just take a little step back, uh, more opportunity can come our way. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, I understand. It's Uh, it's true. It's very true. It is. It it really is. Um, You you said something, and I guess I'm just going to talk about it. You were talking about the situation, everything that's going on right now, the coronavirus. Yeah. in, in the fashion industry, what's going on with that? I mean, everything's got to be like at a standstill right now. It's so scary. I don't know. Most of the, like the company I work for, most of the production is in China. Yeah. Oh, so sure. I don't know. It's, we're still working. We're still 
doing. I cannot tell you with which companies do we work, That's but fine, but um, I don't know. We could, we've been we've been cut our hours of work, so yeah. I'm okay because now I have more time and work on my line. So I see the good thing, but yeah, it's it's bad. It is, and, and people is not buying clothes right now. Of course, no, it's a it's a scary time right now for for a lot of people all over the world. Mm-hmm. This happened so fast. It, uh, yeah. It, what, since December and then in the States since what, January or February, more like March. And it's just uh, been this, it's like, it's like a fucking tsunami. It, 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 I, I, I don't even know what the heck to say. It's just so crazy because I see so many people like my own wife. She, she, fucking was killing it in the makeup world and in the mm-hmm. union world, working on this set, that set, right? All these different sets. And then all of a sudden things just stop. Yeah. And it's like, it's a, it's a real wake up call for a lot of people all across the world um, from the fashion industry, music industry, business, this, that, and the other. Um, and, and I hope that at the end of all of this, we, we see the importance of preparation, right? Because life is finite. It's a blink of an eye. Anything can come and go as fast as I say the words that I'm saying right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's for the individuals that prepare. The, the, you know, I, I people always make fun of the the preppers, the people that prep for a doomsday and things like that. Yeah. Um, but who's laughing now, right? With everything going a little bit crazy right now. Um, where does your story lead next? What's next for you? Um, next, uh, well, the corona. I don't know no, what's no, gonna where it's gonna go. Yeah, I, I, uh, let's just say it goes away, right? It just goes away. What's yeah. next? Um, well, uh, I'm still working on the line of clothing. I I have things that, that I have lined up, but I cannot talk about them. That's totally understandable. Respect. But that's good. That that's is good. good. That, yes. It's always good when that's someone says exciting. that. Good. Yeah. Kudos to you. I'll give you a... Thank you. <laughs> a little round of applause. Whenever someone says I can't talk about it right now, that's always a good thing. Um, the the future, right? It's it's a little scary right now, right, with everything mm-hmm. going on. But I, I do believe, like anything like this, it will come and go, and yeah. whatever is next for you, uh, it, it's it's going to seem pretty bright. I mean, you've just had this tenacity to just push forward throughout your entire life. Um, you're, I, I, there's a couple things I do want to ask before we wrap this all up. What is what's what's going on with your mom? Uh, right now, she she's good. Yeah. She's uh, she lives uh, close to San Francisco, and um, yeah, she's good. She's fine. Yes, <laughs> she's quarantining herself. Good. She has food. I'm always checking on her. Yeah, she's good. <laughs> it's it's important. Um, what does she think of all the work that you've done at this point? Uh, she's proud of me. She doesn't say it on my face. Okay, but I have heard telling other people, like showing my dresses or photo shoots that I have done. She's proud of me. Does that um, hurt you that she doesn't say it to your face, but you hear it from other people or is it okay? Um, no, it's okay because I, she had a very um, rough, we can say a really rough childhood. Yeah. Yeah. So she's not used to exp- be as very, very expressive. I get that. But yeah. you're able to look at it as, you know, from the things that she says to her friends or family and things that you hear mm-hmm. and to be able to understand that and respect it. Yeah. You know? Because everyone's life is different. Mm-hmm. Um, you have taken a lot from your mom, though. I mean, from those early days of, you know, you messing up the uh, the, the sewing machine to, to where you're at now and, and the things that you're working on. It's just so, it, 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 it's so crazy to think the opportunities people are given. But for you, you had to get and take. Yeah. Um, and, and when we were talking earlier about uh, the opportunities Americans have compared to, you know, other places in the entire world, um, but especially Mexico, it opened my eyes up, you know, because I've talked about it before. I know it, but I didn't realize it. But when you were talking about it, 
I totally realized uh, how lucky we are. I mean, I always talk shit about student loans and all that stuff, but it's it's uh, it's, it's a blessing better than not having anything. Yeah, way it, better. It is. Yeah, it, I, me too. Sometimes I complain, like, oh, I have to pay my student loans, yeah. so, and people say it's a scam. But mm, is it? It. You, you took something from it, like you learned something. Your instructors also got something. Like uh, I'm, I'm happy. I, I got to meet all these people. Yeah, it's uh, it's so true. Because like what you just said, it's like I, I, I always talk shit about it. Because like we're 1.3 trillion dollars in debt because of student loans, right? Um, as as a whole in America, uh, but the opportunities that people are given, the opportunities that the instructors are given, yeah. the opportunities that the directors are given, the opportunities that so many people are given, is it, is it worth it? Probably. You opened my eyes up to something that I didn't, I don't know, I didn't look, for, look at it from the other side. I always just looked at it from a financial thing and from a bank type of thing, mm-hmm. not the opportunities that so many people are given because of these things. So I appreciate that and I thank you for that. Um, as, as we wrap this up, um, I asked you, you know, what the future's like, but, uh, I want to know once all of this dies down, right. And you have everything that you've worked so hard for, do you see yourself moving more towards the freelance side, not the freelance side, but more towards the like doing something your own or do you like it working with, I see you shaking your hand already. So yes, answer the question. That's my goal. My goal is to focus full time on my line of clothing. Yeah. Right now it's like um, have my steady job and my and I'm being lucky because I have customers in London, customers in Greece, customers in Orange County. I don't sell a lot, but what I sell, it, it makes me really, really happy. I love that. Yeah. I love I see the <laughs> smile on your face. I just, I, it makes me smile. I, I, it's infectious. Um, no, that's impressive. I, I remember when the first time I met you and, and the work that I saw that you were producing, this was the years ago. I was blown away. Thank I was like, holy shit, this, this, this little girl made this amazing, you know, the gown or dress and just all of these pieces of art. And cause they truly are pieces of art. You don't have to sell a lot. You can sell a few and, and that doesn't matter because I mean, it does matter, but it, but it doesn't matter because what does matter is anything that matters to you, the work that you put out and other people appreciating it. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause so many people put out pieces of work that, it just no one gives a shit, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have anyone care, it feels good, right? Yes. It feels really good inside. I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast, you thank know, you. talking about your story, <laughs> sharing so many things, opening my eyes up to a lot of things that I guess I didn't realize from the student loans to the opportunities that us as Americans are given, but really understanding when you explained it. Um, any last words? I um I don't know what to say. Just um appreciate more what you have. Uh, like we are really, really, really lucky to be here in America, and we have so many opportunities. And and it's it's um you need to put effort. Things do not come easy. You really put you have to put work, and you have to um make a lot of effort and maybe sometimes when you are in the process you don't see it like you think why am I doing all of this and I'm not getting anything but you have to just keep going and at the end you you will see you will you will get like if you really work for something you will you will get at the a good result I think like um nothing comes um or uh, I don't know how to say it. Um, everything has a result. Yeah, everything has a result, a reason. Yes. Nothing comes from something, something comes from nothing. Whatever <laughs> the heck you're trying to say, but I understand exactly what yeah, you're saying. Like, no, I get it. I, I really, really get it. And and that's, uh, it, 
it's so true for so many things in my own personal life, right? It's like you just you have to put the hard work in. You have to put the time in. Um, so many people want like quick results. But no, no, nothing is quick. You no. you really have to be patient, and and that's the reason you have to really, really love what you're doing, so you don't give up. Yes, it's so true. So many people give up, and if you truly love it and appreciate it, you're you not going to. No, no, you're not. You're not going so. to. Yeah. And and that's the what is it? Um, that story about Jim Carrey writing writing a ten million dollar check on his ceiling for acting when he just was barely getting any acting roles, uh-huh. and then it, it was like a year goal of his, and then he did The Mask. And this could be completely wrong, and I could be making up this entire story right now, but I don't think that I am. Um, it, it's it's true. If you see the goal and you're willing to put the work in, and you're willing to you do just fucking do anything to make that goal possible and that dream possible, it will happen. Mm-hmm. If you want it bad enough, if you don't, then you're going to give up. You're going to give up and, 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 and that's fine. Go work on something else, do something else. Maybe that's not your, your calling, but the people that want it bad enough will do anything possible to make that happen. Yes. Thank yeah. you so much. Where can, uh, do you have a website? Where can people find yourself? Instagram. Oh, yes. Uh, my website, it's uh, coralcastillo.com. Okay. My Instagram, I have to cc.coral and coral underscore Castillo. I love it. I'll put the information in the show notes for sure. And um, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on, Coral. I really appreciate it. I had a great conversation and I, um, I look forward to your future. Thank you so much. All right. All right, all right, all right. Thank you so much for listening to Back to Your Story. Peace out, motherfuckers. Wowzers, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I want to thank Coral for coming on to share her amazing story. And if you like the podcast, please leave a review. It helps the podcast grow in a major way. And if you want to hear more stories like this, go to backtoyourstory.com. Like, subscribe, and share. Stay safe, everyone. Remember, new stories premiere every Sunday at 5 p.m. Smooches!